Till with Travis Jones and Jason Barrett. I hope you're having a great week and a great day and you're making it a great day. And today we're talking about our current training, somewhat of a training philosophy, goals, uh, some of our past today. So you can get some insights to also where we've come from, but also where we're going and why we're training the way we are training, because it's sometimes good to hear how other people are doing things and why they're doing things to then maybe model that success or model some of the things that you like to hear. Um, and sometimes it's just good to listen in and ride the journey. So welcome today, guys, to the podcast. And Jace, what's happening, mate? Not too much, man. Not too much. Just uh, enjoying the sunshine we've got. Uh, it gets really cold at night now and then nice and warm during the day. So just trying to make the most of that sunshine, you know, making hay, if you will. Yeah, man. I just went for a run because it was super cold in the mornings here as well. Like at night, when you say cold, it's not cold. It's like zero degrees yeah. here. Yeah, um, it's nine, <laughs> nine to 14 degrees here. Yeah. So it's like zero degrees this morning here um, in the morning. And I'm like, now that's cold. And today it's essentially 10 degrees outside right now. And it's sunny. Oh. And that's my sunny. <laughs> well, like the perspective of now seeing you make Liv go and do those uh, water baths uh, after the runs, it gives a whole new level of, of sadism. I'm not a fan. Oh, mate. Mate, it's so different. Um, jumping in the water in Perth versus in Tasmania is a completely different <laughs> beast. Yeah. Uh, so, mate, tell me, give me a bit of a backstory of where you've come from with your training and then we can look at it's like obviously where you're going as well mm. so the big thing for me like if we look at when i first started training probably would have been about like 12 13 years ago or so right um the pity is i don't look like i've been training for 12 13 years that's because uh, <laughs> that's because i had um what they call fuck around itis where you would do a couple of just random things and you wouldn't really sort of set any meaningful goals and do all that kind of stuff so um I would say I started my journey in um, at the end of high school. Um, my brother, or my older brother, five years older than me, he joined a gym and um, was getting fit, getting strong, lifting weights. And um, I was like, oh, I really like the idea of doing that. I like the idea of... Um, of you know going into the gym lifting weights like spending time with my brother basically so um that's what i did i joined up and you know really enjoyed the process of lifting weights and um getting strong did all sorts of stupid shit that you do as a kid but um i was always kind of an overweight uh kid uh you know from about sort of mid primary school up to high school i was probably um slightly bigger than skinny fat um so still didn't really have any definition in my arms wasn't really muscular but i was kind of tall and kind of a little bit broad shoulder but i still had so much weight around my gut so um yeah now i was like oh i'm getting to the gym get stronger never really went on a proper sort of fat loss until i was like 22 23 and probably sort of looked at nutrition and started looking at the science behind it really got into it that's where i got my um certification from precision nutrition because i was really into sort of the nutrition side of things did a whole bunch of sort of different styles of training but I think the big thing that really made the the lifestyle switch for me was when I ended up, um, I started a bulk with a coach um, that I was working for at the time and I injured myself on my very first training session as I was starting to gain a bit of muscle mass because I'd never really had much. I was, you know, kind of skinny fat. And first session, um, played like an hour and a half of squash and then went straight up to do a leg session, already fatigued, squatting, trying to squat like 100 kilos, like third or fourth rep. My lower back just goes, and then I just kept eating like I was bulking, but I wasn't bulking because I wasn't training. So basically that's called getting yep. fat and wallowing. <laughs> um, so that's, that's basically when I hit my point of, uh, funnily enough, it's also when I ended up meeting my wife was, um, you know, when I was at my biggest, which was, you know, interesting. If she loves you at your biggest, she'll love you when you're shredded too. 
So uh, <laughs> that's why, but now I've set the standard. Um, yeah, that was kind of my point of I've got to make something happen here because I took my shirt off at one point. I was like, I didn't even realize how big I'd gotten. I got to, up to about 105 kilos. And on my frame, it was pretty well all in the upper body, just kind of just big, really, really big in the stomach. So I was like, fuck this, I've got to do something about it. And then I ended up over about two years um, shredding down, uh, got down to the point where I had abs for the first time in my life, which was awesome, all relatively self-coached at that point, um, which was really, you know, it was good to see that I could do it. Just grinded away for about two years to lose about 30 kilos. It was a process, right? We had weddings and social events and all that kind of stuff going on in there. But that was, it was just kind of like a flagpole. It's like, I want to get abs and do like a photo shoot and like celebrate the success, um, which I did. But then after that, I kind of felt a little bit aimless. Um, and that was actually when I first um, reached out to you, Trav. After that photo shoot, I ended up gaining probably about, uh, I went from like 73 up to about 88 or so. Um, so not as bad as I was, but I had rebounded that little bit more than I'd wanted to. And um, then that's when I came to you. I was like, look, I want to do this a bit more sustainably. I want to not have to think about it myself, which is a big one. Um, mm. Have someone else trying to do, do the thinking for me and just tell me what to do and I can do it. And then, um, yeah, that's when I ended up, I think, getting shredded down for the, um, for the wedding. Um, where, yeah. you know, I probably looked the best, that, the best that I've looked. And then from there, it was a, uh, it was a series of um, basically little mini, you know, bulk, then, you know, shit would hit the fan with work and all this other kind of stuff. And then finally got to a place uh, sort of towards the end of last year, I was like, all right, I'm in a good enough place, I feel, where I can start to meaningfully put on size. Because for those of you who don't know, I'm about six foot one, um, about, uh, what am I, 70, 78.5 this morning. So fairly like, you know, I don't look as light as I actually am, um, but I'm aiming to look heavier than I am. That's the goal now. So I want to, I want to look a little bit, uh, a little bit bulkier and get a little bit more muscle mass, but um, something that I've started doing a little bit more now is realizing that, you know, aiming for the bulk is really good and trying to gain that muscle mass is really important to me. So I can, you know, maintain it a lot easier. The more you have, the easier it is to maintain. Um, and obviously the more you can eat on that maintenance phase, then I also want to increase my fitness. That's been something that I've probably lacked in the last probably 12 weeks or so, given by the fact that I went for a jog yesterday for 10 minutes and I was fucked by the end of it because my, uh, it was, uh, I blame my hip, but I was like, well, my, uh, my heart still also wasn't taking it very well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been on a, from about 75 kilos uh, over the last 12 weeks, I've been on a bit of a lean bulk. I'm up to about 78 at the moment, which is a pretty good rate of gain in terms of keeping mm. it nice and low. Um, so that's pretty much going to be my focus focus until I get to the point where I'm happy. And for me, that's probably going to be sort of the a lean mid eighties, which I realize is going to take me probably two, three years, maybe a bit longer to really get to that point and managing obviously having kids and wanting to have more kids on the way and the way that that impacts recovery and sleep and all the other stuff that, that, you know, plays a role. Um, but that's, that's really sort of my sort of flag post is I want to be able to do that, but I also want to have some sort of conditioning in there where I can go for a jog without getting puffed. I can do some more intense stuff. It's not all just like, all right, got to do a set of bench press and then I'm going to sit there for three minutes to recover and get my breath back and then do three sets of bench press again. Cause you know, I want to be able to build some endurance too. So that, that's pretty much yeah. my, my goal, my current sort of situation as far as, um, you know, physique, body, lifestyle goes. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like with the bulk, you're, where were you, 75 and you're 78 now? Is that, is that what you said over three months? Yeah, so I started about 75. Um, I've got it in my, in my app. Hang on. I started about 75 and then over the – I think it's been just, just under three just months. Under three months. Um, 
Right. Yeah, because I, I think when we look at it, for anyone who's trying to do a lean bulk and that's holding their aesthetics, holding their their level of leanness that they're happy with and gain on gain lean muscle mass, you want to be in a slight calorie surplus. And hmm. we don't want to be putting on too much weight too fast because then you're going to lose that aesthetics. You're going to lose the abs. You're not going to feel as comfortable with your shirt off. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but if you want to just have a lean bulk, you want to be gaining at about 1% to 1.5% of total body weight per month, right? Yeah. So if you're gaining somewhere between 700 and 750 grams to one kilo per month, like that's right on track to being yeah. inside the perfect ballpark of gaining weight. Um, yeah. So if you're looking a at a lean, bit, um... yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking, I was going a little bit more conservatively and it's, I basically started mm. at about 1800 calories and each week it's, um, I've just bumped myself up that little bit, that little bit. We talked about that strategy um, earlier in the year mm. and just really bumped myself up. So now I'm sitting at about 2400 calories a day. Um, and that's where it's kind of evened out as far as yeah, somewhere between 150 and 200 grams or so a week on average, yep. weighing myself every day and just kind of getting the average of that. And that's um, slowly increasing over time, which has been good. And if you if you look at that right, like I, I think anyone who not really struggles to put on muscle mass, but I would say you're not an easy gainer. Okay, I'd put that. Yeah. I'll put it as yeah. that, Jace. Um, so it's going to re require really a dedicated twelve months to put yeah. on seven kilos of lean muscle mass, six to seven kilos of lean muscle mass, um, and that would be like you staying in that bulk, maybe doing uh, a two or three week mini cut like three times across the year to maintain that level of leanness. You're bulking for like 12 weeks. You do a quick two week or three week, you like sharpen up, you go again or to 16 weeks, you know, you're tightening it up. I think for anyone who's looking at trying to gain lean muscle mass, I, like I don't, and I'm not a big proponent of completely going some crazy surplus, just put on a bunch of fat mass because you, it starts to rock you mentally. Um, and you, then you start to create poor relationships with food from what I've seen in the past. Mm. Um, so if we can try and track our way up with our calories and focus on gaining lean muscle mass, maintaining our body fat, just slowly increasing our calories, enjoying the process, okay, mm. because you got to start to eat more and more and more, then it's different to someone who's just trying to drop fat, right? Or mm. someone who's just trying to maintain. So you're not trying to maintain, you're not trying to lose fat, you're trying to bulk. So it's a different level of um, focus for you. And it's probably, it's a, it's a more enjoyable one anyway, anyway, yeah. than um, eating less calories. Yeah, 100%. Like there are times where um, you can definitely get to the point of, oh, I just can't be bothered making or eating the size of the meal that I have to eat. But um, and, you know, some people listening might be like, fuck you, I want that problem to have. <laughs> um, everyone, look, everyone's got their, uh, they've, everyone's got their demons, right? Mine is a big bowl of spaghetti. But the, um, the, the thing for me has been, I've been eating pretty much the same kind of foods and I've been trying to do it that way deliberately that I was eating when I was shredding. Um, it's just the portion sizes that have really changed because you know I want to include vegetables. <laughs> I want to include high fiber foods. I want to include a variety of different foods. Um, I don't want to be just, yeah, smashing burgers and pizzas and that kind of stuff. Um, look, I can make those things fit, but I find when I do, I actually still end up 
you know, a bit hungry. I still end up, I feel like a little bit empty. Like, oh yeah, I had that burger and those chips, but you know, it's still, you, you can't have that much while maintaining a good uh, composition of macros while maintaining a relatively high amount of protein. Um, because also one of the things I'm trying to do in the bulk is make sure that I'm getting at least a hit of 30 to 40 grams of protein every three to four hours, maximize the amount of muscle protein synthesis that I'm getting, maxim- just trying to maximize what I've got because my recovery is um, is hampered by a, a beautiful little girl who wakes up a couple times a night and, uh, and you know, wants attention and cuddles and, and milk and all those sort of things. And, you know, my wife gets up, so I get up you know, if, if you can't maximize the recovery, I've got to maximize other things. So, um, when you are looking to do it optimally, like, uh, you shouldn't, again, you shouldn't be getting and relying on food for your happiness. And that's as true in a cut as it is in a bulk, right? It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm free. I'm happy. Everyone's like, oh, I want to do a bulk so I can eat all these foods and eat. It's like, I have no desire to eat those foods probably because, you know, I'm, I'm full most of the time, but also because I know that's not really going to fit in with my goals very well. It's going to limit me in what I can have throughout the day. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's just not worth it. And I also don't want to teach my kids, um, you know, yeah, when you bulk, you get the chance to eat all the, all the crap foods you want. And then, you know, health goes out the window and it's like, no, I want, I want the focus to be on good quality nutrients as well. Yeah. Awesome, mate. And like, I guess one of the biggest things is at the moment you're hitting about 2,400, is that what you said, calories? Yeah, 2,400. Yeah, so 2,400 calories. Um, what about your training? How many times a week are you training at the moment? At the moment, four times a week in the gym. Uh, that's the, and then on the off days, trying to get in, you know, between sort of six and 8,000 steps at least, depending on how the, um, how yep. the day goes. Uh, not minimizing that step count, not sitting on the couch because I'm bulking, but four days a week. So it's a, uh, basically a four day upper lower split, one day focused on chest with a bit of back, one day focused on back with a bit of chest. And then um, again, same thing for leg day, one more quad focused with a bit of hammies, one more hammy focused with a bit of quad. So you're kind of prioritizing everything throughout the week um, mm. with, yeah basically two days on one day off one day on one day off one day on one day off then the two days again so it just kind of keeps cycling through which is um worked quite well i've come to the end of this uh this particular mesocycle this week so i'm um currently pushing uh every set to failure uh which is fun but also very you know difficult um it is it's actually something i recommend for a lot of people at least once every sort of six to eight weeks is to push yourself to failure because there are some exercises where I was really adequately rating my amount of reps in reserve, right? How many reps I had left in the tank. I was like, you know, last week I was, I was trying to leave two in the tank this week. I'm basically going to failure. And I pretty much got two more than I did last week. I was like, all right, I was accurate with that. Um, you know, with that particular, uh, assessment, some of them, I was like, I had five reps left in the tank. I had five reps, easily five reps left in the tank, but just because of the the um, the soreness of some of the muscles, it was like, oh, I feel like maybe this is coming close to it, but the soreness didn't actually indicate that, you know, anywhere near failure, it was just getting a really good pump. So something like machine yeah. flies, I was able to pump out like five more than I did the week before. And I was like, shit, it's, it's a real eye opener. If every now and again, you do push yourself to failure, just it's not something that I recommend all the time, but just to get a gauge of how much intensity are you putting in? That's probably the biggest thing for me has been training intensity and, and really looking at the gym is like, look, I didn't, um, something that, uh, Dr. Mike from RP says, it's like, I didn't come here to not work hard. Like I didn't come here to avoid the pain and the, the stretch Mm. and the, the sort of the push, right. You know, I didn't come to the gym to, you know, for an easy time. That wasn't what I was here for. So I was like, all right, coming in with more of that mentality. Um, whereas I feel like when you're on a cut, you can really get away with 
um, not necessarily phoning it in, but you can get away with more subpar sessions than than when you're you know gaining mass. Because I'm like, well, if I don't put it to use, where the fuck are these calories going to go? To my ass, yeah. not in a good way. <laughs> Mate, 100. percent I think what you're saying there is to failure is like I'll I'll program like an and just call it like an AMRAP set, right? So it's like as yeah. many reps as possible. So what you'll see, and even it's interesting when I'll coach people in person. And they'll lift weights for like, you know, three sets or four sets. And on the fifth set, I'm like, all right, guys. And I've, I've told them we want to be two reps in reserve. And they, they're saying, yep, this is my two reps in reserve. On the fifth set, I give them an AMRAP set and say we're doing a set of 12. All of a sudden, on the fifth set, they're doing a set of 20 or 22. I was like, guys, you were so far away from two reps in reserve in those other four sets. You're not getting mm-hmm. the stimulus required that – we're looking for, for that lean muscle growth because we Mm. want to be within that, you know, max three reps in reserve, two reps from failure or one rep from failure in most of our sets, in most of our working sets. And I think that has to, that's something that I see a lot of people not focus on in a gym. Like you said, phoning it in, but sometimes they're just not aware. They're just Mm. not aware the, their personal capabilities until someone says like, if I had a gun to your head, could you pump out, another three reps could you pump out another five reps and then all of a sudden they do and it's like man you had that in you all along you're not lifting at the intensity you should be right you're Mm -hmm. you're like seven reps from reserve right now that's not an intensity that's going to build that lean muscle mass so then all of a sudden it recalibrates it's like dude like your first four sets shouldn't have been at you know 100 kilos should have been at like 115 okay and that's actually your two reps in reserve and like you're 15 percent you're lifting 15% less than what you should be. And for anyone out there who's currently going through a program, just pick the, like the last set of mm. some of your exercises and just test out an AMRAP, right? And just go, okay, was I going too easy on my first couple of sets? And then next week, you know your new working weight. I think it's just something mm. for everyone to, to understand. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, there's just a and there's a point you'll understand. You'll start to get a better gauge for when your reps in reserve. Like for me, in a compound movement, I know pretty well when um, my reps when I'm sort of close to failure. Right, like things start really slowing down. Especially things like a chest press. I did a bit of chest today. When the when it starts really slowing down, like I um for my like. For bench press, I didn't go to complete failure because that's a risky exercise to do complete failure on unless you want to embarrass yourself and have to slide the weights off each side, do the uh, do the shuffle. But I um, I managed, I think it was like 11 at 65 um, for me. It was like halfway through the session. And the last one, basically it was like a pause halfway through and just I had to really grind it out. As soon as your rep speed starts to slow, that's when you know you're in that sort of four, three, two rep in reserve um uh, category and then this it's also considering um for me as well technical failure so making sure that mm. when you are going to failure it's not complete muscular my arms are going to fucking fall off but i'm just going to like yeet this weight up and call that a rep right that's not a rep mm. um what i did uh, especially for me with um pull-ups i'm trying to get better at pull-ups because i've got really long arms and i suck at them so i did um i managed to do eight and then i managed to do um six and the six was like barely got my chin sort of to the bar which was like my minimum and it was down to full extension and then i was like i'm not going to count these two but in order for me to get that little bit beyond i'm going to jump up and then do some nice slow negatives just to get that little bit of extra stimulation um from that 
But that six, that's what I would call technical failure. I couldn't do another rep with clean technique. Um, and you know, there's, there's something to be said for like grinding something out and pushing it out. And yeah, maybe the technique fails a little bit, but not for cheapening your range of motion. Like I wouldn't go do another set of bench press by only go halfway down and count that as a rep, right? Mm. So technical failure, you do the full rep with good technique. As soon as your technique breaks down and you can't lift it with that good technique anymore, that's your failure, right? So um, don't go out there squatting until your knees collapse, right? As soon as you, as soon as you can't use good technique and go all the way down and, and you know, that's, yeah, stop there. That's, yeah, don't risk yourself. True that. So for you, for your training is really just focusing on the bulk for the next sort of 12 months with a couple of mini cuts in between, you reckon? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's been, that's going to be my big focus. I'll, I'll review my progress at the end of, um, I think I've got like four or five weeks left of this kind of cycle of training. Mm. Take a look at what, uh, what worked well for me, what didn't, um, you know, I have potentially, you know, the need to make my training a little bit uh, shorter and sharper. So maybe it's going to involve a bit yep. more supersets, maybe looking at doing a few less sets than I have been doing. Cause I think I've been maybe yep. overreaching. I got a bit sick a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So yeah, keep it going to keep it at four days a week. I'm going to add where I need to probably um, some supersets just to keep it flowing. And then a big goal for me over the next 12 months is just see how much kind of mass I can gain, especially in winter. Um, I don't want to stray too far away from, um, from seeing those sort of top four abs. So that's going to be a, uh, a little, point for me to kind of come back to as you said over those three four week mini cuts and then um yeah just be a try and be a mass monster without any uh any extra supplements true that man just just create just creatine <laughs> just creatine, <laughs> creatine creatine and right so, whey uh, protein yeah so yourself at the moment you're uh you're on at least a little bit of a uh you know a, a mini major three-week shred at the moment what's uh what's what's your current goals looking like what has the process been for you lately yeah, dude, like, um, well, Liv's birthday's in uh, like three and a half weeks, right? So I said to Liv, before she turns her next year um, on this earth, it's like, hey, let's do an eight-week challenge because she, she, she's going to help. Um, she's just finishing up her nutrition degree um, and she's going to start coaching some females. So I'm like, hey, awesome. you're going to do that in a couple of months um, when she, as she's finishing her degree now. Um, you know, let's let's do a shred together. And kind of Fit the mom's first gone. four weeks. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but not mums who are going to focus on a, a specific age group and that will come yeah, out yeah, soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we're looking at this, for the first four weeks, it kind of lines up directly in line with their birthday. So we're going to go for like a four-week shred and then, you know, have a you know day off because their birthday and just having a big party. Um, and then we're going to do another four weeks after that. So, you know, the first four weeks, like I don't like to diet personally for very long. Um, mm. I, I just hate it. And yeah. because like the last, I have, I've tracked calories for a very long time in my life. Um, and, and with that, I intuitively quite well, and I'll, I'll get a little bit lax, but my weight starts to pop up. And like, as you said, once I start to like for yourself, once I start to lose those sort of top four abs, because I'm lax with my nutrition, I intuitively eat and I don't eat much. Um, like I have like a thousand calorie meal every night of the week. Um, I'll have about 500 to 800 calorie lunch or breakfast every day. And I'll have about 300 calorie snack. And then on the weekends, it'll probably actually go up to about three and a half, that 3,000 to three and a half thousand. So if I look at it, my, my daily average when I'm not tracking is about two and a half thousand. And I can do that because I've tracked for so long that mm. I, I eyeball and can tell anything, right? My, my protein oats when I'm dieting versus when I'm not dieting. I know my protein oats when I'm not dieting 
is about 700 calories. <laughs> and when I have my protein oats when I'm dieting, they're about 350 calories. Like what, they're just mean, a little you bit smaller. On those, you miss out on those two <laughs> tablespoons of peanut butter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was like, bang, done. So when we look at it, you know, I swap out the peanut butter for my strawberries. I'll change the milk, my the skim milk for water. Like I'll make some substitutions. They still could taste great, but it's a couple of substitutions with exactly the same food. And all of a sudden I've minimized. The only thing that, that like I hit a struggle street with is like, I'm used to like thousand calorie, 1200 calorie dinners. And when I'm mm. dieting, they're like 600 calorie dinners. So I like half the size of my dinner and I love big dinners. Um, but that's why I don't die for very long. I can go, okay, I can go a moderate cut for the next 12 weeks. Okay. Or I can go super aggressive for the next three weeks and achieve the same result. Which one would I prefer to do? And that's like, for me, it's like, I'm happy to just grind it out for three weeks. It's like, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, well, I'm only hungry for three weeks. I could be like doing it for 12 weeks and be that kind of nagging hunger for 12 weeks. I can be just like really hungry for three weeks. I'd rather really hungry for three weeks. So for me, man, I'm on 1300 calories a day. And for anyone listening to that, they'd be like, oh my gosh, like you're going to die. You're going to lose all your muscle mass. It's like, dude, like, I'm not going to lose my muscle mass. I'm all good. Um, and even if I lost a little bit of muscle mass, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like I've got enough muscle to go around. Like someone take some. Um, like, I, I, yeah, I, like man, like for me, like I'm 90, I was 93.8 kilos. And that's really like my top end, like 94 kilos is my top end for, you know, where I like to be. I know when I jump on the scale, I'm 94. I was like, okay, dude, it's time to go for a cut. And that's, yeah. I know that's my benchmark. I just know. And then like I cut down to 88 and then when 88, full six pack. Okay. When I'm at like 93, I was at 93.8. Like when I push up there, it's like, yeah, I can kind of see him, but I'm a bit fluffy. Um, and uh, I'm just not as take my shirt off kind of guy. Right. Mm. When normally it's like six pounds, like, hey, let's go to the shops, take my shirt off. Um, <laughs> yeah, and zero degrees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, I'm shivering more, and that means I'm probably burning more calories. But like <laughs> for me, like I'll, I'll go a little bit low on my protein, um, which is normally what I wouldn't recommend. But because I'm running a lot at the moment with my training, I don't want to go low on my carbohydrates because I'll completely tank out. So like I've sacrificed my protein to be about 1.3 to 1.4 grams per, of protein per kilo. So that's seeing about 130 grams of protein a day. Um, I have 30 grams of fat. I've got about 140 grams of carbs. Um, so that's kind of my macros, but I'm seeing about 1,350, 13 to 1,350 calories a day. I'm burning on a daily basis about 3,000 calories a day. So I'm in about a 1,500 calorie deficit um, a day. Every 10 days, about 15,000. So I should be losing about two kilos every um, 10 days, right? So I would say in the next, in 21 days, I want to try and stay on this aggressive cut maximum 28 days. Really, I like to do it for three weeks. Just diet, done, 21 days, I'm out. Um, <laughs> back to going into do, yeah. intuitively eating, right? It's like, it's, it's a fun way. But I also, I can only do this because I don't binge and restrict, right? Mm. Like I, I can restrict and just like, fuck, this is shit. And I'll just grind it out. It's like I said, I was going to do something. Let's grind it out. It's like, it's not a, I don't recommend this to a lot of people unless you've been dieting for a period of time and you understand yourself and your triggers. Because if you aggressively diet and can't control your hunger and you're surrounded by things that are tempting you, all of a sudden you fall off the face of the planet and it land into seven tubs of Ben and Jerry's. 
right? Like you, you don't want to do it unless you understand your own self-control, right? I'm happy to do an aggressive cut for me with my level of tracking and my level of time in the industry dieting. So 21 days, 1500 calorie deficit a day. I'm going to be 15,000 calorie deficit, uh, probably a little bit more actually over 10 days, 21 days, probably about 30,000 calorie deficit, which works out to be about four kilos of fat loss um, on an in-body scan at the moment. Um, like I'm just under a week in, like I've lost, you know, I've lost over 3.1 kilos um, in the first like four days. Um, there'll be a little bit of fat mass and a lot of water in there. Um, you know, I probably will lose about four kilos in the first week of water weight. Um, so I'm 93.8 down to about 90 kilos flat. I reckon I'll hit in the first week and then I'll go down to another kilo after that. It won't be water because I would just be coming into those fat stores the following week. I'll probably lose another kilo of fat. So I'll probably pump, pump in to about 87 and a half, 88 kilos. I'll add the, my normal calories back in, my glycogen will replenish. I'll probably be about 88 and a half. So like I'll hit 87.5 for like two days and I'll pop up to 88.5 and I'll be like, okay, cool. I'm lean and this is my lean level. And like, I, I know it. And I can, I can talk with such certainty because I've done it so many times. Like it's just like, oh, turn the switch. Let's go for three weeks. And I think once you're used to training and once you're used to dieting, you have the education and the nutrition IQ. It's really a nutrition IQ to be able to do it. And my day will look like this. I have three meals throughout the day. Um, I'll have one is a shake. That's 200 calories, some raspberries, whey protein, and that's 200 calories. I'll have <coughs> a form of egg and egg white normally. So as like a, a second meal or a first meal, they'll interchange first and second. Main thing is making sure I have 30 grams of protein minimum um, in each of my meals. And I'll have those three meals. I won't really ever eat until about 11 to 12 o'clock um, when I'm cutting. So my first meal, I'll go into intermittent fast because it's really only three meals. I like to just bank my calories into an eight hour window. So there's a, a whey protein, 100 grams. That's one meal. Meal two, about four egg whites and one egg yolk plus one piece of toast normally, 100 grams of ham, some cherry tomatoes in there, a little bit of onion. And that will come out, that was today, I think that was about just under 400 calories. Um, so my lunch, or I'll have like a sandwich, ham, um, lettuce, like big, ma massive sandwich for about 400 manwich. calories. That manwich, yeah, exactly. Let's claim that. Um, I'll have a manwich, <laughs> but it's like a 400 calorie manwich. Uh, I just bump it out with mass volume. Um, those are really my two go-tos. Or if it, it was cold yesterday and I had some protein oats because I was like, I need to warm up because I feel like I'm going to die. Um, so I need some warm food. So like that will be my three. And then dinners, my dinners actually change a little bit as well. I've got like chicken mints, chicken breast mints, lean beef mints, um, like an eye fillet steak. Um, I'll go to also, uh, what else we got? Turkey. I'll go to like turkey mints. I'll go to like chicken um, sausages. They're lowering calories. Um, and I'll go to a chicken breast. Like those are my go-to proteins for dinners. And I'll mainly slow cook. And if it's the minces, just jump bunches of seasonings in there and make the mince taste good. And my go-tos are literally about three kilos um, of pumpkin and potatoes a week, like half, one and a half kilos, one and a half kilos of both. And that's like layered through my dinners and meals. Um, and because uh, like pumpkin, like 500, four, 500 grams of pumpkin is, is so low on calories. It's like 200 mm. calories. So like pumpkin, I, I normally swish it in with a potato to get even more volume. 
So I'll have like 200 grams of potato and 200 grams of pumpkin all roasted in together to give my, my food such, my dinner such much more volume. And then on top of that, I'll have like a, a chicken or a um, steak or a mince with, in a marinade and a, some veg. And that's literally going to be my dinners. It actually tastes really good for three weeks. Uh, I'm good to go. Let, let's yeah. just rock and roll. People really sleep on volume, I think, when it comes to food. When you're, um, if you're new into the industry, like it's definitely one of those things where if you've ever done like bodybuilding or you've been in the industry for a while, you really, you do appreciate high volume foods. Things like raspberries, using um, smoothies mm. and blending them up with uh, with ice or frozen berries to get more yeah. volume out of them as well. That um, it's like a, I don't know, some scientific thing that happens and it just <laughs> explodes up, get a lot more volume. Um, you can. There's also like making like protein whip and fluff where you kind of like whisk it mm. up and it gets like bigger and you put a little ice chips in there and the cold just kind of expands it right and then you're eating this big bowl of something for like 200 calories and it's super filling um but it also feels like you've just been eating a head of lettuce like you're eating like an apple um it's like i'm full but at what cost but people sleep on things like um yeah like pumpkin as far as a uh uh, you know a fat loss food goes is huge as a carb source it's one of those um few vegetables that i kind of uh, you know i recommend for me at least that i track um because i tend to have like broccoli, carrot, capsicum. It's like every meal. I have it at every meal um, uh, at dinner usually. So I don't bother tracking it because I know I'm having the same amount usually every single meal. So if I adjust my calories, that will adjust with it. Um, but yeah, p- pumpkin is a huge one. Um, potato as well. If you can get like the spud light, really bulks mm. out the meal. And huge. I think the other thing that people forget about is just eating slower, especially when you're on a cut, like really appreciating your food and just like, you know, making love to every single bite, just like, mm, like chewing it 10, 15 times, you know, the things that we're supposed to do. Um, Literally pretend you're, pretend you're not a parent and you actually eat slow. Um, yep. <laughs> cause when you're as a parent, you're eating really fast. So it's like, just pretend you're not a parent for a while and just enjoy your food and eat slow. Close your eyes, put your um, headphones on. Can't hear your wife. <laughs> yeah. Just mm, pumpkin. Just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But man, like for me, I'll, I I think like a hash is probably one of the best things for me personally, um, mm. or a um, a puree that has pumpkin and potato in it because the potato thickens it up and you mm. get more volume. So with the hash, it's like diced into little one centimeter cubes, like one and a half centimeter cubes, like diced, you know, par cooked, chucked in the air fryer with some seasoning, and that that hash creates a good base level for my meat to you know have a sleep on top of before I eat it. Um, and, or it's like, you know, making a mash and whipping up together. Obviously you do it just with pumpkin. It creates a soup, but you do it with a potato. Um, it just gets that level of thickness in there as well. Mm. So like, those are my two sides for protein. I, no, I, I normally actually lean away from rice when I'm in a cut because obviously it's just more calorie dense. It just doesn't give me that same satiation or volume that I'm looking for because I want to make sure I'm having as much volume as possible. And like you said, the the shake, I have a shake with ice and frozen raspberries pretty much because then it gives me two shakes, right? Mm. Like it gives, it gives me two shaker cups full of shakes. So it just fills me up for longer. It doesn't feel like I'm just having some protein in water. Um, mm. what, I, what, I, what I do want to get, I'm going to try and get it for Liv for her birthday and say, because I can use it, um, is like these new, the new Ninja Creamies, they, they came out. Uh, have you seen them? Like Ooh, uh, nah. that man. Like if you go on TikTok and look up Ninja Creamy, um, like that is like, and some recipes. Like you can these things, man. Like you can put like a yogurt in this Ninja Creamy and blend it up, and it'll turn into an ice cream. So it's like an Shit. ice cream maker, 
but it's like from the you know ninja smoothie you know blender yeah, yeah, range yeah. um and they 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 turn milk into ice cream they talk chocolate milk into ice cream obviously america has lots more like zero percent chocolate milks than we have in australia i wish i had some of those things um but if you're american and you're listening to uh, this the amount of low calorie you foods have. you've got available um come to australia to struggle town um <laughs> uh, you, you've got a low calorie snack here have a carrot Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But these Ninja Creamies, man, like they look amazing. And I was, I mean, like, oh, man, they do. And like they, they turn like a Chobani Fit yogurt into an ice cream in like a couple of minutes. And that in itself is like 15 grams of protein. And like, it would taste amazing. It's like a hundred calories. And you're like, wow, I can do this every single night. Ice um, cream, sorbet, gelato, milkshake, smoothie dude. bowl, light ice cream and mix in. It's got all yeah. the, oh, Jesus Christ. It's, it's like my um my rice cooker, but for ice cream. Maybe if yeah. I say Ninja Ninja Creamy enough times on this episode, they'll send me one. Who knows? You've got to not say it. You've got to start advertising other brands so they want to be the one yeah, who get in. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly, man. Um, anyway, that's that, that in itself will probably be my dinners because that looks very volume-based mm. for a dessert. Um, because normally, it, oh, after dinner, every single night of the week when I'm on a cut, I have an ice cream, right? That's my go-to. I have a skinny cow sundae with the, the one with the chocolate and the peanuts on top. It's 120 calories. It's like 3.8 grams of protein. That is every single night of the week for me, pretty much every day of my life. Um, mm. that's my ice cream. Um, and it just gives me that satisfaction. So I always have that in my calories every single day. Um, uh, but that's my nutrition side of things, my training side of things, man, um, like, uh, I, I run a lot these days um, and I'm not a runner. Um, yeah. I, I, like I, I'm not built as a runner. Like I am 90, you know, three kilos. I'm 91 now um, yeah. or whatever I am. Um, and I'm a heavy, I'm, I'm five foot seven, right? So I'm, I'm a heavy dude for my size. Uh, so with that, I'm, I'm, I can sprint. And that when I played footy, it's like off the mark, 30, give me 30 meters. Like I got you. Um, but like running 55 kilometers, like I did that Spartan race, like a month and a bit ago, <clears throat> that's not me, right? My body is not meant for 55 kilometers, but we do, we do what we think is hard. And that's, that's what I enjoy. So I'm doing stuff that I find is hard, but the real, the biggest reason I'm running, man, um, it's not for me right? The big one, I'm doing it because it's, it's hard for me. And I like to do things that are hard. And I like to test myself. I ran a marathon probably about 15, would have been 15 years ago now, um, with one day's notice. And I ran about four hours, right? Um, and my mate was an ultra marathon runner. And it was like, you can't run a marathon. I was like, I'll run tomorrow. It's Toronto marathon. Like anyone can run a marathon. And like, I ran the next day and I did it. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't walk for the next seven days. Like literally couldn't walk for seven days straight. I, my mental, my mental power, I barely finished it. Like I was like struggle street, but I did in four hours. So I hammered the first half, like, and I couldn't send it in the second half. I nearly died. Um, but I did that and I was like, okay. I I could actually enjoy I enjoy running even though I'm not good at it. Um, but my son 
I was like, I want to get back and I want to get about a three-hour 30 marathon this year. So that was like a goal I sort of set for myself as one of my goals this year is a three-hour 30 marathon. And, you know, I did. I got a bunch of other little goals. I still want to maintain a, you know, 200-kilo deadlift as a minimum. I want to maintain the ability to, like, my squats come down a little bit because I've got a bit of spinal compression. I don't like too much heavy weight on my back anymore. Um, mm. Just messes with my lower back. So I think if I can maintain about a 180 squat, that's okay for me, and maintain about a 150 bench press. Like, I want to maintain my big lifts but not increase them. So I'm, like, in maintenance mode with my lifts. It gives me about 1,000-pound total. Um, I'm happy with – and if I can do a 1,000-pound total on my lifts and run a sub-three-hour three, three, three hour 30 marathon on the same day, I'm going to do it do that later this year just to see, you know, what I can do in a day. Um, so that will be fun. I just like to do, do random stuff um, just because you can. um but the biggest reason i'm running more is for my son um like jacks like jacks he's excelling at running um from what i believe and he's eight years old he ran a 22 minute 55 second five kilometer with me on sunday um like he's motoring for eight years old um and he's enjoying it and Mm. i don't want to be ever and like for me like I, i ran a 22 16 earlier in the week on the back end of a 10k so my back 5k's was in 22 16 i was like oh this feels good like so i I can i know i'm in front of him um and i pace him every run i run with him and i pace him right um and i know that i could probably run a 21 if i'm pushing it right now like i could push it to a 21 but i know that he'll get a 21 in the next 12 months and then i'll be left behind so I, I don't want to be that guy who stands on the sidelines saying, you can do this, Jax, because he needs his dad. And I get choked up about this. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, like, I want to be the dad who can be with his son for as long as he can mm. and be the guy who, because everyone needs a pacer. And I want to be, I want him to look back and he's like, my dad helped me get there. And I know in the next like 12 months to, you know, 18 months, he'll turn 10 and he'll hit a sub 20. And like, I want to run that sub 20 with him. Um, and it's like, some, it's fucking hell. Um, it's a milestone, right? Like, yeah, I, 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 and I, I, as he gets older, it's like, my dad didn't just tell me I could do something. He showed me I can mm. do something. And I think that in itself is such a life lesson. Well, fucking hell. Um, And that's the reason I'm running. Mm. I'm running for him. And I need to run more and I need to run faster. I need to get better with my training. That's why I did sprints. I was doing 415 kilometers with my sprints the other day. I did that pretty good. And I'll get that down to four-minute sprints. And I'll get that down to a 345. And I know I can hold him. And I'll keep getting my five kilometer faster and faster so I can get stay with him for as many years as I can. And you know, Finn will join us. Like he, Finn's five. Like I don't expect a five-year-old to run with us at the same time as well. I'm not a lunatic. Um, but uh, <laughs> put him on a little um, scooter. I, yeah, exactly. But like I push them. But like the main reason I run is for Jackson. And I mm-hmm. want to be the dad who can always, for as long as I possibly can, help him be the best him in his health and fitness. Um, and yeah, man, like that's where I run. I run like 50 K's a week at the moment. Um, I run three times a week, three times a week with Liv, um, and her and our cousin. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we drop the kids off at school, do seven K run as soon as we drop them off. Um, and we started a five K run. 
I lifted it to a 6K run for them. And we lifted it to a 7K run. In four weeks' time, I told them we're going to start doing 8K run. So I'm pacing them as well. Because um, I, I just I want everyone around me to be the best then. I know mm. I can see people can be better and, and do more and push themselves harder. I love that. And mm. that's my personality. Um, yeah. Like, so... I will do then 8Ks to get, man, I love running with Liv. Like to be able to share time doing something I love, which is health and fitness, not running, health and fitness is what I love. So yeah. running is health and fitness. So I don't care if I'm throwing a weight around the gym or running. At the end of the day, I'm doing what I've chosen to do for my whole life, right? Yeah. And I get to share that with my wife. So I'll train her twice a week in the gym. I get to run with her three times a week and we'll go from 7Ks to 8Ks. And the time we're spending on running actually isn't increasing because their times are getting faster. So we're still not mm. running for long because just their kilometer pace is getting faster. So we have the same amount of time. So we're not wasting the day. Um, and then I'll run uh, uh, 10Ks on a Tuesday, but that will be interval based, right? So I'll do a 2K warm up, a K sprint, 500 meters slow, K sprint. I'll do that for times four and I'll do a 2K cool down. I'll probably bump that out to 12Ks in a couple of weeks and do five one kilometer sprints. Um, and just that's my progression around for the week. I'll do mm. a 10K which I just finished before the podcast. It's more of a hilly run. Um, it's just chill. Like I, 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 my Monday, Wednesday, Friday with Liv and Jam is zone two. Like that's my chill pace. My heart rate doesn't go really past like 150. It normally stays around that 140 beats a minute, somewhere around there. And I just enjoy the chill run. It helps doing a zone two run and not actually trying to run fast, which is what most people are trying to do. Every run, they try to run as fast as they can. It's like, no, we actually want to run slow to run fast. So it's mm -hmm. zone two. It builds your aerobic capacity. It's really time on feet, right? So for my runs throughout the week, I really like zone two. So that's my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and my Thursday today is more hills 10K. I just sat at like a six-minute pace up and down some hills. Um, so it took an hour for my 10K today. Um, I have a, a 5K run with Jackson now because soccer's on Saturdays. So that means we used to do park run together, but we made a commitment because he wants to become better and he loves it and I love doing it with him. So as a family, me, Liv, Finn and Jax, every Sunday we do 5Ks together um, because they have soccer on Saturdays. We'll keep doing our own park run every Sunday together. So that sort of rounds out my 50Ks as in during the week. <clears throat> and if I can get a longer run in there, I'll push one of them out to a longer run um, as well. I'll phase my longer run up to about a half marathon pretty much every week um, in a month or so, when just about a couple of months out before I do my marathon. Um, I haven't pinpointed the exact time. I probably want to do an Ironman in December, in November, and I have a 55, oh, sorry, a 64-kilometer ultra um, run in December that I have um, that I'm doing as well. So that's like, uh, I, and then I would just want to hold out my lifts. So my whole team is hold my lifts. And to do that, I do full body weight training three times a week. So I'm running six days a week and I do my full body weight training three days a week. And that's like, I do a quad based movement. One will be a squat. One of them be a, a, some form of um, Bulgarian split squat um, or like a, more of a lunge, like a, a split squat and I'll have a normal squat and I'll have a front squat. That's my quad dominant moves for the week. Um, I'll have a hinge dominant move. I'll have like a hip thrust. I'll have a RDL. I'll have a one-legged um, sort of deadlift. I'll have push and my push moves through the week. I'll sprinkle in a military press, an incline press and a flat press. 
my pulls. I've got a pull-ups times two, like a supinated and a pronated grip. And I've got a um, a pull-down. I also have a pen lay row in there as well. So I get some um, horizontal and vertical pulling. Um, I have a shoulder. I just, and then like, there's my big, I got my push, my pull, my hamstring, my posterior chain. I got my quads. And then I'll sprinkle in across the top some shoulders and some arms in every session. And like, that's me like every day of the week, my, my quads, my, my post, my lower body, I do between six to eight reps um, with the two reps in reserve and my upper body, I do between 12 to 15 reps um, with two reps in reserve. I just like higher volume in my upper body and I like lower volume in my lower body. I feel like that works really well for me. I don't want to be deadlifting for 15 reps. Um, I want to deadlift for six to eight reps. I don't think that. <laughs> so, um, and that is my exact plan. Now on lower calories, that's brutal, but that's life for three weeks. Say, that's, and, yeah, that's, it's, it's sustainable for three weeks, but even, um, I would yeah, say even yeah. on a, it probably smarter to do it for the three weeks as well, because on a longer cut, that would really psychologically start to get difficult. Cause let's say, yeah, you've got, mm. um, you know, let's, let's say that the, um, the workouts will probably be one of the harder ones. Cause the run is, mm. you know, mentally, at least you've got a lot of reasons. It's, it's also kind of one foot in front of the other, but psyching yourself up for another set of deadlifts when you're depleted, three weeks is like, cool. I've got three more sessions of this kind of deadlift to get done. I've got three more sets or three more times I've got to do Bulgarian split squats on this deficit before I get to eat again, as opposed to 12 weeks of just that little bit of depletion. Um, I can understand why that can psychologically definitely get at you for sure. If you're doing that for a long period of time. So I can see how the, um, the, the shorter period of time and the more intense cut can definitely help from a mental perspective. It's like, yeah, it's going to be brutal, but yeah, as you said, it's going to be brutal for three workouts as opposed to just like grating at you for 12 weeks. Dude, a hundred percent, man. And cause my running volume essentially is high and it's only going to get higher. I'll probably go from 200 Ks a month up to 300 and then 400 and they'll probably cap out about um, 500 Ks a month in about four months. Right. Mm. Um, but with, with this, because like I just have to, right? So actually it'll probably cap out. It'll go from 50Ks to 60Ks. So I'll go 250 and then we'll go to 70Ks a week. And maybe I'll touch on some 75. So I'll go 250 and then about 300 to 325Ks a month. My bad. Um, before any YouTuber starts to, you know, crack on oh, your math was incorrect. <laughs> yes, my math, my math, my bad math. Uh, I need to really pull that up quick, quickly. Um, yeah. So with, with this, with my running volume high and knowing it's going to get higher, I don't want to diet for 12 weeks. And like, I know that I have to be more conservative with my lifts inside mm. this three weeks. So I don't, I really actually stay more of like a full rep in reserve, to be honest, um, mm. because I'm more prone to having injuries. Okay. I just yeah. am. Um, I'm not, I'm not fueled sufficiently to not lift. And some people are like, oh, be, don't be soft. It's like, nah, man, I'm pushing. Um, but I know that I have a little bit of an ankle issue and my Achilles is like somewhat close on to a rupture and it has been for like six months now. I got a nagging hamstring, but I just, I, like I get a myotherapy every single week um, and I have for like ever now. And that keeps me, you know, solid so I can keep moving forward. And like, I know my body. Um, so like, man, like that's my current training. You know, I think like, man, if I can, if I have, I have a strong enough why to not stop, stop training. If I'm talking about my why and I start to get like teared up about it, it's like that shit ain't, ain't ever going to stop. Right. Like yeah. I'm not going to go, Oh, I can't be bothered today. It's like, dude, I can't be bothered being that guy for my kid. 
Uh, I was like, man, there is nothing ever going to stop me. Uh, like, and then when he passes me, I'll be like, fuck, I'll probably just you know, have 7,000 burgers and put on 50 kilos. Yeah. But, uh, like, hey. All right, well, you can, look, you can run faster than me, but your deadlift ain't 200 kilos, son. So, uh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I, I still got one up him uh, yeah. from when he's 12. When he's 12, at least I'll still be stronger than him. Um, <laughs> but but, but then I, got fin, I got fin trailing, so I've got a good four years now still. Um, yeah. But I think for me, like that's, you know, uh, that's my current training. That's what I'm doing. Like I've trained since I was 14. Like I've lifted weights. I've, I've lifted weights for 24, 20, I'm, I'm 38. I don't know, whatever that is. Um, I've, for a long time, I've lifted weights, right? And I, I think for me, I enjoy training. I have had, had periods in my life when, you know, I was training to try and be a professional at a sport. Unfortunately, that didn't go to plan. I went through a detraining period. Um, I've also gone through a overweight period where I've loomed out to 120 kilos. Like, dude, mm-hmm. like that's super heavy for me and my height. So, yeah. like anyone, anyone out there is like, oh, you're so you're always fit. It's like, dude, no. Like, I'm I'm the body type that if I don't train, I can put a lot of weight on and quite easily. And I'm also the type of mindset where it's like because I'm not training anything for specific, specifically right now, except Jackson. And that's mm. keeps me like on point. I found my really good why. Um, I'm someone who can kind of go, yeah, I've got a lot on and I have to always talk myself into it. That's mm. just who I am. Right. I trained for a sport. I don't have that sport anymore. And I did that for years and years. Um, I had meningococcal. I've got a torn, I tore my quad. I've like got injuries coming out of injuries. Right. So like training, hurts sometimes for me um so like you know i need to have a good why to, to stay focused and i've got my why which is great but over the years i could put on weight right because i didn't have a strong enough why. i was like yeah it is what it is uh but i had my son and i was over i was overweight um just to, so everyone knows like why i pulled it back in i was overweight i was probably sitting at, maybe it wasn't my heaviest probably about 115 um at that time i ballooned out twice in my life like properly ballooned out um and this was the second time um and i had like a hundred staff i had 20 gyms i was like hypocritical like i wasn't training anyone so i I really wasn't talking much about health and fitness these that that, at that period of time um so i wasn't really hypocritical as far as what i was you know preaching um but i was hypocritical owning 20 gyms and um and not being healthy myself. Um, But I was traveling around the world for six months of the year. And I would tell myself, like, I I would eat for convenience. I was eating out a lot. I wasn't training as much. I was was on flights all the time. It was insane. Um, And I just had a lot of excuses and justifications. And then we, just before we had Jax, I was like, you're not a role model, man. Um, and, And I wanted to be a role model that for my kids i think that is what it's all about and that at Mm. that point it's like you know flip the switch lost the weight had the kids and then i've maintained a pretty good level since then and um i have my upper limit now so it's my upper limit i know if i push up to like that 94 like sometimes i've I've let it go to 96 i'm like oh geez uh but normally it's my upper limit's like 94 now um and then i just pull it back into 88 and i I will sit in that sort of bandwidth i'll hold that 88 for you know probably a couple of months um it depends on how my training is because i have a couple of big events coming up i'll have to i'll probably hold that 88 pretty much to the end of the year 
uh, yeah. to be honest. And then next year I'll just be lax again. And I'll be lax probably for about six months. And over the six months, I'll go back up to 94. I'll be like, oh, okay, time for a three-week cut. Um, but this three-week cut I'm doing at the moment, I'll dive deep, 1,300 calories. I'll come out at 2,000 calories for the back end of this um, – back end of the five weeks of this eight week challenge i'll literally like bang come up 2000 and i'll be like minimal body fat changes on the 2000 because i'm still in that deficit and i'll probably grade it up to like 2400 2500 on the back end and i'm in maintenance mode and you know all of a sudden i'm out of my diet and i really only have to really diet for three weeks so that's my training and a bit of a backstory for everyone out there um some of it's a little bit insane but i like to live on the insane side of things um of the spectrum. There's a spectrum of safe and insane. I live on the, the insane side of things. Yeah. Hey, look, it's uh, it's the insane people that get shit done sometimes though. <laughs> uh, Thomas Edison was insane. Oh, you think you're going to turn on a light True. switch and then lights are going to come on? Right? That's insanity. Uh, um, exactly. but it does, I mean, it does sound like for you having that, obviously that really good why as far as obviously running for jacks, like, you know, it's beautiful. And it's something that I think a lot, the reason why a lot of guys sort of get started, but then it's like, I don't know if they push themselves to that degree of, of you know being wanting wanting to be that guy it's like you think about professional athletes that have you know had parents that coach them throughout their lives and it's like they talk about that a lot and they talk about how you know it was my you know my dad or my mom who was there with me at the pools and who was running with me and doing the stuff and it's like but then there's the other side where they're like oh yeah it was my coach my coach was basically like my dad right and then it's like yeah you want to be have that sort of cross-section as long as you um as long as you can and especially for you especially for yourself like it sounds and from knowing you as well, having a competition or an event or a, like a goal, like a powerlifting meet or a, um, or yeah, like an half Ironman or an obstacle race, whatever, that seems to be the thing for you that really gets the training and everything dialed in. Is that fair? Man, 100%. Like I'm a very goal-oriented person. Um, and if I don't have an event and that's – I, I was lost with my training like so subpar mm. for a good decade um and it's because i had no events like i'd finished footy um i i it just wasn't a part of my life anymore like after i've been in chicago my body kept just breaking down i've had so many breaks and torn everything i was like i can't play because my body can't take it mm. um so i was lost because i had no competition and i'm a competitive person so i was subpar with my training which then my training is my keystone habit with my nutrition um and i didn't have anything to look forward to and what i've realized is like no, like I, I constantly have to be booking in for me personally events to mm -hmm. do so I can train for because then I can structure my training towards an event. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm, and then all of a sudden, like I just I get in the process because athletes just do the work. And for me, I'm my own athlete. I have the identity as athlete. Uh, I don't care if an athlete's mindset is not someone who wins the race or is the best in the world. The athlete's mindset is someone who is training with an athletic mindset who does the work even when they don't want to, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the athlete's mindset for me. So I am an athlete. I train like an athlete. I do the work even when I don't want to as if I'd be paid to show up and do it. And I also had this thought as I was running today, I was like, so many people need a perspective shift. I was like running along the coast. I was like, oh, so nice, 10 degrees out here. Um, and, yeah, um, <laughs> and literally I was like, 
I was like, people, and I was sitting in, the, I actually sat in the car for like five minutes before I ran. I was like, oh, dude, I'm tired. I, I nearly dozed off in the car sitting at the park before I ran. Um, yes. I was like, I, I, I know I needed to run. I've got like staff. I'm actually going to leave in the next, like, I've got to be at Jackson. I'm doing a cross country training for their school in 20 minutes time. Um, but I, <laughs> another thing, but um, I was thinking, I was like, I am so lucky that I can run today. Like someone today and yesterday and the day before that has lost their ability to use their legs. They lost it. And they would give anything for one last run. Like they would, right? And I'm here saying I'm too tired to run. Like how ungrateful for you, how ungrateful are you that you would, you have the ability to do something that other people would beg to do. And it's not a time constraint. It's a, I'm too tired constraint. It's like, dude, get some perspective, have some gratitude and go enjoy yourself. Like, you know, like just go and do it because like people would beg for your quality problem because your quality problem is bullshit. And like, you know, if you're not going to run for yourself, like run for someone else who wishes they could run today. Right. And, and do it for them. And like, I was just thinking as I was running, I was like, wow, it's like, it's such a good perspective shift that I think a lot of people need to have. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good place to kind of wrap up. It's like, it, for, mm. I think for me as well, it's really about perspective. <laughs> doing uh definitely don't have as deep a uh as as deep a wife as that just yet um for me i'm i'm so trav is very much like an outcome oriented i'm a little bit more process oriented so i really enjoy the process of lifting for me variety is the thing that keeps me going back but um i don't think there's anything that would stop me from going right like once i uh, training is one of those things that i just really enjoy the process of and getting stronger incrementally time after time and switching things up like after this phase i want to do some more um you know semi-olympic stuff definitely can't be doing snatches and full cleans from the floor but things like power cleans you know getting that sort of more explosive movement feeling really strong in that place doing some you know some dumbbell snatches that kind of stuff really enjoyed those sort of more full body compound things that really get the blood flowing but um again to be an example right i've um i grew up in a family where you know there was you know some some challenges with you know, divorce and separation and stuff and then didn't end up growing up the healthiest during that period of time and um because of that it's like it's it's made in my mind it's like i don't want to be that family i want to be that family that can go out for a run and a walk together and do stuff together and um you know i also want to be able to pick up heavy shit i want to be able to do all of those things so um having that perspective within not only you know do it because you can purely because you can, but also just think about the example that you're setting and why you're doing this in the first place. If you don't have that why, you've got to really fucking think about it, right? Because even people who are in the industry for years and years and years, without that, it can slip. So having that front of mind and 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 really present for yourself is probably the biggest thing that, you know, for both of us has kept us going is like having that, you know, this is the reason why I'm doing this. Like I'm me, I'm trying to gain as much muscle as I can so I can be a role model, so I can, you know, uh, so I can maintain on less work, so I can spend less time worrying about the food and the training because I've kind of gone through that phase. Um, but also so I can, yeah, just be a better example and be someone who is fit and who my daughter is proud to, you know, you know to, to go to the beach with. And then I'm like, you know, no one's like, oh, look, overweight dad, look at him, beached whale. Uh, I don't oh, think anyone's calling me a beached yeah no one's going to be a beach while at 78 kilos <laughs> when she gets the boyfriend, boyfriend you can just exactly you can just scare him away i think that's another good reason you get a good 10 years uh, of there's 
Definitely. See, uh, Trev's like, I want to inspire my son. I'm like, I'm going to protect my daughter. It's a different <laughs> exactly. mindset. Girl dad. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Well, sure. guys, guys, I hope you enjoy this. It's a bit of a different episode today. Hopefully you took some um, notes away from it and, and why we do the things we do and what we're doing and how you can maybe adopt some of that into your life as well. Um, if you want some coaching from us, go to fit-dad.club. Um, schedule a, you know, a call with us. We'll see where you are, where you want to be and what's holding you back and see if we're the good fit for you. Um, also, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. And if you're on YouTube, ask some questions. Um, <laughs> just like hag- heckle uh, Jace as much as you can and tell Do him how, he- <laughs> how you hate him. Um, yeah. and- <laughs> Skinny fat dad trying to tell me how to train. exactly um and guys you know till next week also ask us if you want specific topics let us know and we'll chat to you next week guys cheers for today jace it was awesome peace out